Welcome back to the MetaMinds podcast. My name is Eamon. And my name is Dan. And this is where we help you unlock the life of your dreams. So like, what kind of personality do you think is the type of person to self-sabotage? I think we all do. Yeah. I don't know. I think that we all do. Yeah, right. I think that probably victims, people who play into the victim role, probably self-sabotage a lot more. But I know that I self-sabotage. Do you? Yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely. Like we were talking about this before, kind of thing. Like, yeah, it's funny because it's like, <laughs> it's like, it's like, what, like, why, like, why, what, like, what function does it serve? You know, because it's like, here I am doing really well, and then all of a sudden it's like I just like cut my ankles off. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's like, 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 what function does it serve? Yeah, yeah. Like, like, is it? It's got to be a like, response from ego. Yeah, like protective mechanism, right? Yeah. But like, you think that it's just weird though because it's like. If you're trying to protect yourself by stuffing something up, it's like, I guess it's like because you're afraid of failure, right? Yeah. Yeah. But it's like you feel like you'd recognize that and not do it. Like, like I know someone that like self-sabotages so much. I'm here. I'm sitting right here. No. Um, And it's like, it's just embarrassing because it's like, like I even point out to that person. It's like, you know, do you think that this is what you're doing here? Like, this is, this is what it is and this is what you know, you need to do, like, do you think this is what is happening? And, and they, they agree, but then they continue to do that thing. You know, mm. it's like, it's like, even when you're aware of it, you still like go out of your own way to make life harder for yourself. Yeah. Like, unfortunately. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's a real thing. Like, you know, if we look <laughs> deeper into like, it's a bit of a tough topic, but like abusive relationships. It's like a lot of people will ask the question, like, why do you stay with an abusive person or why do you keep repeating those same patterns? And unfortunately, like, that's a lot of the time the way that our brains can be conditioned is to kind of repeat similar patterns because they feel like the right thing to do because our brains don't know any different, right? So they just keep repeating the same thing because that's all we know. So, like, I think that's a lot of us, right? Like, we do similar things. There's probably an element also of, like, well... You know, we're worried maybe about what what would happen if, you know, if we if we did go in the opposite direction. Like, that's also a fearful thought. Like, you know, imagine going in the complete opposite direction of the thing that we've done for so long that is predictable. Like, our ego is going to flare up to that. So, I think, you know, that's why I was saying at the beginning, like, maybe people who play into the victim role, that's not saying that there aren't people out there who are genuine victims who have been, you know, experience lots of terrible things but a lot of us can play into that victim role of like poor me why is this happening to me why does this keep happening to me but then like you said you know like logically you'd think we could take a step back and go well the reason it's happening is because we're doing the same thing but it's so hard to pick up on that so i think all of us are almost victims of that of, of the fact that our brains just keep doing the same thing well yeah it goes back to you know like we're all just doing the best with the information that we have at the time yeah but yeah like the like that that big victim energy, it's its like, it's pretty common right now kind of thing. It's like, I wonder why it's common now though. Cause it's like a lot of people, you know, it's like, they just want stuff for free or I don't know. Like, mm. no, no, no. I think there's a lack of people feeling significance, you know? Yeah. And when you don't feel significant, then you'll do whatever you can to try and feel significant. And, you know, you... So like, so then you'll play the victim because it's like, oh, then I'll get that attention that people think, oh, poor, you know, poor me or, and then, you know, so it's like, again, it's an ego defense, like mechanism. It's like, if I play this card, if I play this role, like, then people will give me attention and then I'll feel that, that significance again. It's just like, yeah, 
And, you know, it's like so easy to talk about because it's like, you know, oh, well, why don't you go and do the things to make yourself feel significant so you don't need external validation? But it's just not that easy. You no, know? and we all do it. Yeah. We all do patterns that we know are wrong for us. Yeah. Or not helpful or healthy. And, and do things to get attention for whatever reason as mm. well, you know. Mm. It's funny, I catch myself doing it and it's like, uh, you know, because I'm into self-development, like I think that I'm like above doing things like this or whatever, but then I catch myself doing it. And I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, we're all just still like broken little children. Yeah. You know, like yeah, we all are. it's like, oh, there's me doing that thing again. Then I'm just like, oh, why am I doing that? Going out of my way to put in a lot of effort to do that thing. Oh, so I can get attention so I can feel a particular way for a moment, you know, Yeah, which won't last. No, exactly. <laughs> which is the other funny thing. Yeah. You go to all this effort to get this like little bit of attention so you can feel significant, but then it doesn't last. So you have to continue that behavior. Mm. So it's like a reinforcing thing that's yeah. like, oh, I've got to play the victim all the time because that works. And then yeah. all of a sudden, nobody really likes hanging out with you because, you know, you're a buzzkill because you're playing the victim all the time. But you're only doing that because you don't feel significant. Mm-hmm. And then that feeds into the idea that, well, no one loves me. Right. So then the victim mentality is then reinforced again. And, and you mentioned it before, like, it's like we're all little kids just trying to navigate the world. And that's literally what it is. Like we all have some form of a wound or something that we're trying to fill in. Like we spoke about the gap, right? That feeling that we all feel like this emptiness in us or this like existential vacuum that we feel. But a lot of the time it is that. Like you could look at someone and this is like an isolated event. This isn't specific to anyone. But let's say, for example, you know, that when you were younger, maybe you didn't have enough significant love from your family or from your parents in particular. So without even conceptually thinking, oh, well, I I haven't had love for a large portion of my life, your actions, like you said, could be trying to feel significant in the sense of you're trying to feel love from other people or trying to get attention from other people because you don't know any different. Your whole life, maybe you've never had, you know, attention and love that's like unconditional from your parents maybe it's always been conditional like you know i'll show you love if you do this for me or if you do this i'm going to show you that i care about you so like your whole life you could be going through unconsciously just trying to find love and even though they're playing into the victim potentially they might not even be aware of that behavior right or that pattern that we're going through so i think a lot of us are just like wounded or hurt Uh, not everyone but you know like a lot of people are kind of like trying to almost fill in that that wound that a lot of us have from something subconsciously that's sitting inside of us. Well, yeah, and, and the funny thing about that, though, as well, like we've chatted about this many times before, is that it's like, you know, you, you may have received absolute unconditional love, but, like, you just maybe didn't perceive it that way or, you know, for whatever other reason, other tiny little reason, you still don't feel like you get that significant unconditional love or whatever, even though that is everything that your parents tried to do for you or whatever. Mm. So it's, like, it's almost, it doesn't matter how you like raise someone. It's, I mean, it's interesting, like, because I thought about like, it's a different thing, but it's like, it's like, you know, you think about, so, oh, when I have children or whatever, it's like, oh, right, well, well I would want to make sure to raise them like that so that this doesn't happen. It's like, but then you're opening up for a whole nother, old other world of yeah. traumas that they might experience that you aren't accounting for. Yeah. So all you can do is do your best and try, and they're always going to be exposed to some kind of traumas. Like we all are is what you're kind of pointing yeah, to. Yeah, exactly. So no matter what, we're all going to get traumas. So I suppose like the real question is like, just like how do you go about recognizing? Because, you know, if that statement is true, that like we have all experienced trauma that has shaped us into who we are then how do we go about, you know, recognizing and identifying that trauma and then like working on that and resolving that to become like better versions of ourselves? Yeah. Because it's like, it's impossible to go through life without trauma. You know? Yeah. And yeah. it's necessary. It's good because it's like you experience a little thing and then it's like, oh, cool. Don't do that. Yeah. You know, and it's like it teaches you. Don't touch a hot stove. You know what I mean? That's, exactly. like, that's the classic. Yeah. 
So like traumatized by that one. Otherwise, you know, you're a 50 year old man, you keep touching hot stoves and you're like, ah, oh, why do we keep doing this? Yeah, yeah, why are you doing this? <laughs> it's like, ah, oh, because it's- But it is true, here. isn't it? Yeah, it's like maybe you've had relationships and you've like invested too much of yourself and therefore you want to like reserve yourself more for future relationships because you're fearful of getting hurt again. Or you gave a great example of like, <laughs> as a parent, you could be giving someone unconditional love and you could be almost smothering them in the sense of like, you're everything, I love you so much, you're, you're a valuable person, you're so beautiful in every single way. And then that child grows up, meets someone, gets into a relationship with that person, and that person may have some sort of trauma that makes them become a little bit more avoidant with their, with their show of love. So then for you as the person who's so used to like, people love me unconditionally and you know, they'll show their authentic love to me at all points, but this other person may be more reserved in their showing of love and maybe they have a different way of showing love. So then you as this person who thought that, well, you know, I, I've got all this love kind of flowing out of me, it's going to feel uncomfortable to you. And therefore you then might start to pull away or start to like question your significance in a relationship. And it could come from your parents who have done something with the most purest of intentions to show you that you are a valuable human being. And then that could like feed into later on. So I guess to answer the question, and it's such a cliche response, but awareness is the answer every time, like reflecting on why you are repeating patterns and trying to understand if those patterns actually align with your values, your authentic values, not the values that your parents have put onto you, but like reflecting on, you know, what it is you want in a relationship, what you want in a job and like really truly identifying if that feels right for you and if that actually tops you up or whether it's something that you're trying to fill like a hole of significance or whatever it may be. You know, we're all trying to kind of navigate these holes that we we create in our lives. We need like a system, Dan. We do. <clears throat> like a like a checklist system. This is obviously classic robotic logical thing for me to say, but it's like, you know, when you hit a particular age or whatever, it's like, all right, just download this checklist and like go yeah. through the system to figure out exactly what your traumas are and then how you can identify and resolve them. Yeah. You know, because it's like we say awareness and it's like that is that is the answer. But it's like a blanket where it's just like, mm. oh, just be aware. You know, it's just yeah. like, it's, again, just easier said than done, you know. For so sure, it's like, yeah. yeah, you almost need more of a rigid thing where it's like, okay, like, have you experienced this? And how did that make you feel? And what, you know, like, yeah. I don't know what it would look like. But well, it's a just therapist like, is what it would look like. Ah, right. Yep. Potentially. No, well, that's, that's the answer. You know, it? or a <laughs> yeah. friend who allows you to just reflect openly about what's going on. Yeah, well, that's a yeah. whole rare thing. These For days sure, yeah. Well. yeah. And that's why I'd say like a therapist, like a neutral party. Because you can be your own therapist. Like, technically, we are our own therapist, right? Like, when we talk to ourselves, typically, mm -hmm. we have, like, this wise voice. And then we, we, we this whole episode is about self-sabotaging. So, that's, like, the, the inner critic voice, right? The part of us, the ego that's trying to keep us down and hold us down so that we're not expending as much, like, calories, right? By thinking or trying to advance ourselves. So, that inner wise person, the part of you that does have the answers, the part of you that knows that that's not right for you or that's not healthy for you, I would say that most of us know fundamentally that it's like, hey, that relationship pattern that we're getting in repeatedly is not healthy for us. Like we would know that on a fundamental level, whether we're able to conceptualize it, but it's like really tuning into that like inner wise person. So like to me, that would probably be the best way to go about it. And, and again, there's not like a clear system because everyone's going to have a different way. So whether that is talking to a therapist, whether that is doing some values work with yourself and sitting down and identifying, you know, what's important to you. But at the same time, it's like it's different for every single person. Yeah. So just being open to the idea that it's not going to look the same because the problem with creating like a, a streamlined system is then, well, what happens if you don't tick those boxes yourself? Then you're going to be critical that it's like, what's well, so I'm not normal myself. Like I'm outside of this like activity. So it does look different for everyone. 
but I'd probably challenge the um the inner inner wise person that you said because yeah. like you know as much as I think that I'm like you know emotionally intelligent and you know in tune with my emotions or or you know like um you know where I'm at and that kind of thing it's just like it's just so much easier to point out other people's problems you know mm. like I, and I just like you know I know I can know where I'm wrong and it's, it's again like it's almost the point of a counselor you go. And then you explain the thing and they just say, oh, so it sounds like this. And then mm. and then it's like, oh, so it sounds like you know the answer. And then then you come up with the answer, but you yeah. always need to be told it. Like, because like you know the answer, but like you don't know it enough to actually action it. Like you need it to be pointed out to you almost. That's yeah. that's for me anyway. Like, I don't know. It's, but it's, that's but that to me implies that you do know it, that you are recognizing certain patterns. But yeah, maybe exactly. You're pushing them away. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, it's just like. I feel like everyone knows the answer. That's the thing. It's like, it, this is what I'm challenging. It's like, it, it is, everyone does know the answer. Like almost nobody needs a like therapist. You could say, it's like, just sit down and actually ask yourself what the problem is and what you need to do about it. You mm. know what I mean? But it isn't that easy because everyone yeah. would do it, I guess. For sure. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I would say that that would be like, because the, the whole inner wise person, I fundamentally believe that we all have some sense of like what authentically we need to do. But a lot of the time we're not in tune with that authentic self, right? That authentic part of ourselves. And a lot of the time there's like barriers or hurdles or something that's blocking us from kind of seeing the answer. So like, let's say there's like a multiple doors and you're like looking at, well, which door do I go through? A therapist typically will help you identify, oh, well, so you've picked up on these three paths or these three doors that you want to go through. And from what you're saying to me, it sounds like door two maybe resonates a little deeper with you. Is that, is that kind of what you're saying? And then that allows you to then like tune into that thought process that you've already come up with and already you're questioning it in yourself, but it feels so overwhelming because there's so many like walls up around it. So I would say that we do know, but maybe the other trauma or the other resistance or the other barriers are stopping us from just doing that work ourselves. So yeah, like you said, maybe it is the action of talking to someone, a neutral party that can help you break down those walls so that you can listen to your authentic self more. Because I think we've all got it. Like, there are moments that I recognize myself doing something stupid and I'm like, yeah, but, like, is that the thing I should be doing now? Like, should I be doing that thing or is that not or actually helpful? you do it for- afterwards, you know. Yeah, yeah, you're exactly. like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Why didn't I recognize that? It's like, well. <laughs> yeah, and then you repeat the same pattern. You're like, why do I keep doing that? Yeah. And in the moment you're aware, but typically unless you hit, like, a breaking point where you're like, oh, this is actually, like, really screwing up my life. Like, I need to do something. That's normally when you actually do something, Right. But to get to that point could be years of you just abusing the same situation or abusing your body or not doing the right thing, knowing that, you know, that it's not helpful or healthy for you. So I guess, yeah, that's the thing that makes it challenging, right? It's like there's lots of other things blocking our perception of why we're doing what we're doing. Self-sabotage, hey? Yeah. Hopefully you've gotten some value out of this episode. And if you have, then please make sure to give us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. And we will talk to you in the next one.